Yeah, you can do that once or twice. I get it in a postseason and win a Super Bowl because of it. But longevity wise, like this is not the dynasty level. This is just being cute. Welcome to the Sports Forecasters Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. This podcast has been created not to dwell and overevaluate what has already happened in the sports world, but to predict and to forecast what has yet to come. From game picks to draft picks, and from trades to free agent signings, we will let you know what happens before it happens. Your hosts, Nick and Nate, will evaluate, study, and understand sports patterns, tendencies, and nuances to better prepare you on what to expect. Just like Weatherman, but way more accurate. So if you like to pick games or you simply just want to be in the know before anybody else, you are in the right place. Enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Sports Forecasters Podcast. We are your hosts, Nathan and Nick. How's it going, Nick? By the time we're recording this, we're in the midst of a potential snowstorm. By the time you guys hear this, it's already passed. So are you ready for it? As ready as I can be. Loaded up on Twinkies. Got enough popsicles to last me. Oh, wait. You're supposed to get milk and bread. Oh, stores, everyone bought them all, so there wasn't anything to buy, so... Just making do with what we have, holding down the four, and we're getting ready for this bad mamma jamma of two inches of snow. That's my guess of what's coming in based on Northwest Ohio forecasting. But with that being said, we had quite the exciting weekend. Usually we'd be getting ready for the Super Bowl, but because we have an extra week of games, we have an extra week to mess around with and look at different things before getting the Super Bowl. And because of that, we want to take some time to look at the conference championship games. So, Nathan, we're going to talk about the conference championship games. Let's go ahead and start off with the first game on the docket from last Sunday, the AFC conference championship game. What were your thoughts on it? Exactly how I thought it was going to play out. I think last episode, I I thought Kansas City would squeeze it out. And seeing that they won the coin flip, I'm like, no, not again. And um, I thought this was going to be a close, super close game. Um, that Kansas City would pull off in the end. Um, and I thought that was going to happen. But ironically, it only took Kansas City 13 seconds um, to score against the Bills to send into overtime. And it only took them 13 seconds to uh, throw the interception in overtime to lose this game. So um, it's just kind of ironic. So I was really hoping, though, for the sake of the overtime rules, that the Kansas City would have won again with those stupid overtime rules. It's Joe Burr, and nobody can beat him right now. The dude's amazing. Um, what a game. I loved it. What a comeback. Um, Mahomes is now 37-1 and when leading by 15 points. So I loved it. It was great. It was such a good game. And um, this is really, really good um, for you know the Midwest. And I'll, t- I'll talk about that in a bit here. But... Um, but yeah, Cincinnati going back to the Super Bowl is really, really good. It's great, great year to be a Cincinnati uh, fan, Cincinnati uh, civilian with the Bearcats. So what were your thoughts? My thoughts were, it was a tale of two cities. I've never actually read the book, but the main idea is the concept of resurrection. The Bengals look dead to rights, and then they stop the Chiefs with nine or ten seconds to go before halftime. And I'm like, Bengals just gave themselves a shot. and then. They stopped the Chiefs some more, and they slowly crawl back into the game. And I'm like, 
are the Bengals actually going to pull this off? Coin toss happens. I'm like envisioning in my head Nathan getting out of his pitchfork, getting ready to light his torch. And then the Chiefs get stopped. Bengals drive down and win with a field goal. And I'm just like, wow, the concept of resurrection, the Bengals did absolutely that. They did not back down. While the Chiefs did what you texted me, classic Andy Reid thing of being tentative, almost afraid to be the identity they had built their success on. And that was probably the thing I noticed after you texted. I'm like, you're absolutely right. That is Andy Reid to a T back in the Eagles days of you arguably have the more talented team on the field, but you're just, you're playing it too safe. And yes, there is a difference between playing it too safe and being outlandish and just putting your teams in bad positions. But the adjustments that the Bengals did just showed how inept the Chiefs can be in adjusting their offensive game plan. We talked about early in the season when we were kind of writing their obituary of how we didn't think they could win their division because of their inability to be able to change their identity. And I think they fell so in love with how well they did the first half. Like, oh, it'll come back, it'll come back. And it bit them in the butt, quite frankly. The Bengals adjusted very well, shut Patrick down for the most part, and came away with the victory. So for me, it was just kind of two different things. And with that theme of two different things, Nathan, where do we see the losing team? We'll talk about the Bengals more next week because they have another week to battle. But where do we see the Chiefs going from here forward? Yeah, I, you brought you brought up a lot of good points. And the end of that half, I unfortunately I wasn't able to really watch this game. I was just found it on GameCast on my phone. And I was texting my brother because I'm like, it looks like this game's going this way. Is, is, this, is this it? Because when you watch it on GameCast, you have to assume a lot of things of like how the game's being played out and why they're making certain decisions. But I was like, okay, Chiefs got the ball inside the 10 with right at the end of the half. I'm like, okay, they're going to get away with like three points here. And then they got away with nothing. And I texted my brother. I was like, did they try to go for it? Like the touchdown here? Up 21 to 10. He's like, yeah, this. And I told him, I said, this field goal right here is going to be the reason why they lose this game. Like, because this is the Chiefs. They get too cute. They get, and sometimes they don't just take what's just given to them. They try to take more. Um, they get a little too greedy with that cuteness. And it's going to bite them in the butt. And this is why they have to come back so much. I think we forget they had to come back, what, 24 down to the Texans, either win the Super Bowl. They had to come back from 10 down in the fourth quarter against the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, you can do that once or twice. I get it in a postseason and win a Super Bowl because of it. But longevity-wise, like, this is not the dynasty level. This is just being cute. And Andy Reid did this in Philly early. You know, he had a lot of success with the Forza Conference Championships. But it's just kind of the same same thing. And it's always been him and I. I said this at the beginning of the year, um, actually the end of last year, but the beginning of this year too, which is, I said, the Chiefs are just going to continue to kind of fall, 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 fall. And I thought for a second that they felt way more than I you know, anticipated for the first half of the season, but they found their way to get back to the AFC Championship game. But still, they won the Super Bowl and then they lost the Super Bowl. Now they lost the AFC Championship game. So, you know, last couple of years, they kind of came up short even more short um, than the previous year. But then you got to keep it, got to consider the fact that they had this terrible start to the year. Like that's, that's not good, right? There's, that's showing signs of like this, this thing is falling apart. Like whatever they're doing in Kansas City, it's falling apart. I anticipate it will continue to fall apart, especially with the rise of the, the great teams and the quarterbacks in the AFC. It's not a cakewalk anymore, you know? 
And I just think a similar thing of what we saw with Andy Reid in the early 2000s in Philadelphia is going to happen now in the AFC in the early 2020s in Kansas City, where you're going to see all these other teams get these incredible young quarterbacks um, that play more, much more efficient, not as careless, a little bit more fundamental, and have much more longer careers. I'm telling you this right now, Patrick Mahomes is going to get hurt in the next year or two, whether it's a major injury or just riddled with a bunch of little ones. But he, he relies too much on his cuteness and on his elusiveness and on his athleticism and on his like ad-libbing. That's good for short term, but when that's your game plan, and as we saw at the beginning of the year, that didn't really work. You can't do that long term. And with his contract, obviously these guys are going to be going elsewhere. The fact that they've kind of come up short twice in a row now, I think some of these guys might be looking elsewhere to not only get more money, but maybe win another ring because maybe they're starting to doubt that they can win one in Kansas City. I, I think this this team falls falls away fast and the really big, you know, nail in the coffin will be when Patrick Mahomes gets hurt. Not if when he if he gets hurt, it's it's when he gets hurt. He can't keep playing like this and stay healthy for 10, 15 years. Those knees, man, they, they get miles on him. It's just So it might be a bunch of little injuries that just riddle him, and he just becomes a quarterback that just really struggles back there because he never learned the mechanics and the basics. And he but when he can't be that elusive guy anymore, then he has nothing to go to, right? He just kind of looks like a bad quarterback. And so I know that's a pretty intense hot take for a lot of people, but we're going to talk about this in a bit, but this is this is where I see the, this is where I see the Chiefs going. It's this is the beginning of the end for them. This is short little dynasty, if you can call it that. It's they're done. Yeah, I have a similar notion or thought as well. It seems too similar to what they had going Philadelphia. Now, granted, their offense is much more talented than it was with the Philadelphia group that Andy had, but the defense is less talented here at Kansas City. I would say than what they had in Philadelphia. So it was kind of give and take here. But I think unless major changes are going to be made and major work is going to be done in retooling how Patrick goes through his progression and plays, you're going to see a slow, painful downward spiral. You're going to start seeing things unravel in ways that in situations that normally you would think could work, they could work themselves out of. If the enemy stays as their offensive coordinator, whoever the quarterback's coach is, they need to start working on being okay with checkdowns, only scrambling when you need to. Like you said, you can only put your body out there so much. And I don't, I didn't watch enough Chiefs regular season games to be able to speak on this well, but the playoff games, he really had to throw his body out there to be able to get those first downs or just get any yards because they would drop back all except three or four guys you have to go back to the drawing board at this point. Otherwise, it's going to be talent that you're losing, whether that's through free agency or being unable to resign them because they feel like better opportunities are elsewhere. You're at a crossroads, Kansas City. If you want to be at the level you believe you should be, changes have to be made. With that being said, we're now going to move on to our NFC Conference Championship. And what were our thoughts of what we saw in that game? Nathan, go ahead and lead us off on this one as well. This basically played out exactly what I thought it was going to. I said this was going to go into overtime where the Rams won by three. It didn't go into overtime, but they won by three. And one could say it went to overtime because it's, you know, it was tied with like what, just a little bit of time left. And the Rams drove down the field and kicked the field goal to win it. So low scoring as I anticipated. So I, yeah, this, this one exactly how I anticipated, how my algorithm anticipated. Pretty cool to see that. San Francisco, where do they go? 
it's completely opposite of Kansas City. It's like you look at San Francisco. It's like whoa, they overachieved, right? No one thought this was going to happen. San Francisco in the conference championship. So they overachieved. Uh, Jimmy G overachieved more or less. I don't know. I might be a, a little s- overstepping there, but it's clear that Jimmy G is going to be traded. I think Kyle Shanahan was trying to do an Andy Reid thing with like Jimmy G was the Alex Smith and now Trey Lance is the Patrick Mahomes uh, sort of thing. Let Trey Lance learn one year under Jimmy G's belt, which is fine. I mean, Jimmy G probably knew that was going to happen and he knew like, you know what, this is my year to like just play really well and hopefully get uh, be traded to a team that I'm going to have a lot of success on. So they overachieved. I think Debo Samuel is the MVP of the league. Uh, well, Joe Burrow now I feel like should be, but before this run, I felt like Debo Samuel was like the true MVP. Just that dude is a beast. He can do anything he wants on that field, throw, pass, run. He's the reason, along with a pretty solid defense, that team got to where they are. But with a very subpar quarterback and pretty subpar running backs, in my opinion, because he had to run the ball and catch the ball and throw the ball, that dude should be MVP, or at least in the discussion. But gosh, you know, it's just... I think they have nothing but but light in front of them, right? It's like, okay, we're going to move out Jimmy G. We're going to get something back from him. We have Trey Lance here, right? They they clearly have confidence in him. And if they don't, Aaron Rodgers to San Francisco, that could happen. Convince Tom Brady come out of retirement to go to San Francisco? I'm not going to count it out. Honestly, they're in a really, really good position. They overachieved this year in a really good position moving forward. The Dolphins, though, they're kicking themselves because they traded away their draft pick to the Eagles and now they have San Francisco's number one draft pick who is going to be what the third of the last draft pick in the <laughs> in the draft this year so sucks to be them but anyways uh yeah I think San Francisco man has nothing but just smiles on their faces you know they overachieved this year I think they have a really bright future uh moving forward yeah this game was very tight-knit very close you can tell a lot of familiarity between the two teams for the Rams, it was very much like the A-team phrase from John Smith saying, I love it when a plan comes together. Like That's how they have to feel winning that conference championship. And again, I'll talk more about them when we preview the Super Bowl next week. 49ers, it's close, but no cigar this time. A lot of what you said was overachieved, but it makes you wonder, Like, was this a team we were going to see last year, but they were just decimated by injuries and would they have been in the conference championship last year had they, like I said, not been ravaged by injuries? So the 49ers team is definitely well run by Kyle Shanahan. And there's no doubt they have to move on to Trey Lance, not because Jimmy G isn't worthy to be their quarterback, but how much you spent on that, how much you've invested into getting Trey Lance. Now, the good news for you, San Francisco, is no one can make you do whatever you don't want to do. If you feel like we need to stick with Jimmy. Trey's not ready. Let's give him another year. Go ahead. It's worked out. It may be the more head-scratching thing to do, but Kyle Shanahan is not afraid to do what he thinks he needs to do for the team. And so you're in good hands, 49ers fans. Keep your chin up. I think going well for you in the future. The big question will be for me is if they decide to move on from Jimmy, which everyone believes you will, and I, myself included, is Can you continue to rebuild, replace pieces, get stronger with Trey? Or do you have to take a couple steps back? And are you willing to take those couple steps back here in this next season with Trey learning to be the full-time starting quarterback with him having to make these reads and throws week in and week out and teams getting film on him and understanding what his tendencies are? That'll be the big question. 
Kyle's definitely shown he can be very dynamic with the run game, getting the most out of Debo, using Elijah Mitchell or whatever running back he has to line up in the backfield that week to make things happen, and just having talent with Ayuk and Kittle as well. So offensively, they look like they have tools to support him. It's just what can he do? How much can he grow before the first snap of next regular season? Now, with that in mind, and with us talking so much about Jimmy Garoppolo, what we're going to jump into is give our early three, maybe four teams that we believe that Jimmy could go to. There's We have a wide list of teams that we think could happen, but what teams do you think would be your top three or four for Jimmy to go to in a potential trade situation? Top three or four, I think this is my number one. I'm going to say Tampa Bay Buccaneers is the number one spot. He wants to play for a team that it wants to win, that's that's ready to win. And obviously, that's a team that's had very much success the last two years, mainly because of Tom Brady. But they've got Leonard Fournette. They've they got a, they got a, a fantastic backfield. they got a fantastic defense. they got weapons, experienced coaching staff, right? Players are going to be like, oh, this is a downgrade from uh, from Tom Brady. <laughs> but but that's a team that needs a quarterback right now. And there is nobody on that team right now. Kyle Trask, Blaine Gabbert, come on. I'll take Jimmy G over those guys. So to me, that would be destination number one. What's yours? My destination number one is going to be on the AFC side. I think for San Francisco, they don't want to have, they won't mind facing him, but if they can avoid that situation, they're going to go for that. I have a 1A and 1B, and I'm going to say 1A first, because I feel like 1B, this is backup plan if their initial plan fails. But the first team I'm thinking is going to go for him or make a move for him are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big Ben retired. Mason Rudolph has shown what he can do in the league, and I think the Steelers, they're not huge buyers usually. But if they can get themselves stability at quarterback and buy themselves time to find that future quarterback, I think they would go for that. That would be the first team I would see with the Steelers. They want to continue the success. They made a push into the playoffs. They want to continue that. So they need someone that they can depend on and trust to make the throws and reads and be able to run a team. Pittsburgh Steelers would be my first pick. Who would be your second pick, Nathan? My second pick is your first pick. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh as well. Pittsburgh, I just don't, they don't seem like a, a team that's in the uh, trading business for quarterbacks, but obviously they need one. Um, they, a winning record, you know, all the time there. Mike Tom's a great coach. They got, they got pieces and parts. So that makes a lot of sense. Just Jimmy G in Pittsburgh doesn't look right to me. It doesn't feel right, but just because of like the culture standpoint, but it makes a lot of sense though from a football standpoint. And so I, I always consider both Tampa Bay makes sense from a culture standpoint and a football standpoint, Pittsburgh, not so much kind of the culture pit. Like I just don't see him Jimmy G and, and like the pretty boy in a, in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform, but football, you, you nailed on the head. Everything just, everything lines up and it makes a lot of sense to me. So for some reason, I feel like Pittsburgh's going to draft somebody. Maybe that Liberty quarterback, Desmond Ritter, um, out of Cincinnati, or even maybe the the Ole Miss guy. So I don't know, but I I like what you're saying there. It makes sense from a football standpoint. My one B would be if their initial plan fails. By all indications, the Denver Broncos would be my second team. My one B 
second place because they're going to go for Aaron Rodgers hard. If they don't get Aaron Rodgers, they want something else. Uh, John Elway is not satisfied with the play he got this last season. I don't know that Teddy did a bad job, but it's not up to John Elway's standards. So teams know San Francisco wants to unload Jimmy. They can play the whole cat and mouse game and try to work their way. And I think that's one reason I have the Steelers is I don't think they'll have to give up a lot to get Jimmy Garoppolo. And Denver, after being missing out on Aaron Rodgers, potentially, they would be my second choice, my 1B choice, just because this is their backup plan. Denver is always looking to upgrade that quarterback position, just like head coaches. They just keep revolving the door until they can find something that fits. So that would be my second team. Who would be your third team, Nathan? So I'm, I was seeking, they want someone where they, they've had success. And so I'm going to rule out teams that are going to hire a new head coach because that's kind of a rebuild, kind of a retool. So I was thinking, well, probably the Saints, but ugh, Sean Payton retired. And I was like, um, maybe Carolina. But then I'm like, well, they don't have to fire the coach. But I just, I know they just traded for Sam Darnold. I don't think they're going to give up more assets and just move off Sam Darnold that quickly. And then Denver was another one, but I'm like, ugh, new coach I, I don't know if they're going to agree to to trade him there i'm going to assume that aaron Rodgers is not playing green bay and i think green bay might make a move for jimmy g because jimmy g keeps beating them san francisco keeps beating the freaking packers if aaron Rodgers leaves right it's like i don't know what we've seen jordan love it's not that impressive why not why not trade for jimmy g go to green bay keep some sort of momentum um, with that team and with Matt LaFleur and hopefully keep making noise and making the playoffs. I think that's possible with Jimmy G. I guess that would be my number three pick. My number three would be your Miami Dolphins. I think that the faith in Tua, they want to definitely either get the most out of Tua or move off of Tua with whoever the new regime is. So I think Jimmy could be a a scenario for him. I, I like my first two picks the most. So these next two picks are just kind of like, me throwing stuff against the wall based on things I'm seeing and patterns and rumblings we hear. And it just seems like everyone wants to sell on Tua. So I'm going to say the new regime isn't quite sold on Tua. So they want to make sure they have someone there in place to replace him. And Miami is my third pick. Not the strongest feeling on that one, but that's my third one. Who is your fourth pick? Um, I, I really only had three. I was, I was thinking Miami, that's a, like a really dark horse, but that's if they hire the offense coordinator for San Francisco and like he, for some reason, totally does not believe in Tua. That's, that's the only scenario I see, but I, I don't think that happens though. So, but if that, that would be a, a dark, dark horse. My fourth pick would have been the Washington football team soon to be the Washington by the release of this episode, they'll have a name finally, whether Commanders, Admirals, or whatever they chose in the end. That would have been my fourth team because I don't know that they're sold on Heineke, even though he, I would say, a fairly decent showing by all things considered. But we'll have to see where everything unfolds in these next few weeks. It will definitely be a lot to talk about even once the Super Bowl has concluded. So we'll have to keep our eyes on that to see where Jimmy ends up. And as much fun as it is to talk about where Jimmy Garoppolo is going to go and what's going to happen with him, we're going to stop the episode right here. We're going to dub this part one of episode 52, our one-year anniversary. And we're going to pick it back up by looking at an individual who's retired and seeing 
what does the future hold with the quarterbacking situation so tune in for part two that will be coming out but for now we're going to end part one here where we looked at the conference championships and what we think the losing teams are going to do in the future thank you so much for listening to sports forecasters you've been listening to nathan singer i'm nick alvarez and we'll see you next time